Hello and welcome to the Universal Hitchhiker. Uh, with me today is Matt. Um, obviously, I always introduce the people that we have on here. There really isn't much of an introduction I can give for somebody like this. Um, Mr. Harley Flanagan, welcome so much. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we're going to have a lot of questions for you, and I mean, I, I really appreciate you taking some time to talk to us, especially. A, a hardcore icon such as yourself. Uh, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, I don't feel so iconic. I just, uh, <laughs> I'm just, uh, just sitting here in my apartment, you know. But uh, thanks, man. I'm glad that the that the music matters to you guys and uh, that it continues to matter to other people out there. So thank you. I appreciate it. So uh, the the work you do is, uh, I mean, you know, from from the beginning to now, I mean, it, it matters to me. I know that. And a lot of the people that I know in the business and that do what I do, um, you know, appreciate the contributions that you've made throughout, throughout the time. Um, Thank you. So one of the main reasons we're here, obviously, is because you just released uh, the song 2020 uh, for the yeah. EP that comes out in a couple days. Um, yeah, the days, actually. Let me ask you this, because In the Beginning came out earlier this year. Is is 2020, is this EP kind of a continuation of songs that didn't quite make it on the album? No, it was actually a completely different session, different um, music that I wrote after the album. Um, you know, it, it was just one of those things. Like, we had pretty much this whole year booked. We were supposed to be touring, doing all kinds of festivals and this and that. And, and it was supposed to kick off with the with the show at Webster Hall with Body Count, and um, you know, within like forty eight hours of the show, the governor and the mayor, um, you know, banned public gatherings and stuff. So the show got canceled, and um, you know, we were actually at practice when we got the call. So it was like, you know, I just like looked around, and I'm like, you know, fuck, you know, we're, what do we do now? You know, we're all here. <laughs> you know, we're practicing, we're ready for this show that's supposed to happen in like the day after tomorrow. What the yeah. fuck do we do? So, uh, you know, I was I was looking around and there was a laptop sitting there and it and it hit me. I was like, you know, fuck it, let's just do a, a show online and just play for everybody and just set up our gear as if we were doing a show, throw up our fucking backdrop and 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 give them a show, you know, and, and don't treat it like a practice and, and treat it like we're playing for them. And um, so we did that, and um, and then I was left with uh, no tours, and uh, my drummer was stuck in New York because of the travel ban. So I said, "Fuck it, let's um, start cracking out some new material." So we started writing, and then uh, as soon as um, we were able to get into a studio, I actually went into uh, Trick or Treat Studios, which is uh, Steve Zing from Sam Hain and Danzig. Yeah. He's a big player for Danzig at his studio, and um, you know he fortunately was able to get us in there when most of the rest of the world was on some kind of lockdown. You know, so I was able to stay busy, which is uh, you know, <laughs> which was great. Yeah. And you know what? I just wanted to put something else out. I was like, this year really was a was a shitstorm, and you know, I feel like as a musician, you know, as a entertainer you know it's kind of our job right to you know give people something to you know distract them from their lives and also give them something to you know release some of that um you know the shit that's all pent up inside that's what music has always been there for me so i figured you know let's put something else out man fuck it you know we weren't able to tour let's just stay busy Everybody's locked in their fucking homes. You know, there's no gigs. Let's give them some more music. Yeah. So this is just a few months of writing. Um, oh, yeah. And Arthur, uh, is it Arthur Risk was just kind yeah, of Arthur, on board? Yeah, yeah, Arthur Rizik. He's my fucking dude, man. I love him. He's a great producer, great guy. And, um, you know, it's been a long time since I've had somebody to work with that uh, I could really bounce ideas off of and stuff. So... It's nice to have a, a producer who's um, who's into it. You know, um, I did the last few records more or less myself, and it's cool when you got somebody who's uh, encourages you to uh, 
take chances and shit, you know, like whenever I'm having a, a, a whenever I'm second guessing myself or something, you know, it's, it's cool to have uh, Arthur there to, you know, speak to and get his input, you know, he's always there to tell me like, this sounds like, this sounds like you, yeah. you know, and, uh, and then, I, then I feel all right about it, you know. Yeah. So with some of your past producers, have you not really had that so much or was just uh, this one just kind of match made in heaven? Well, you know what? Most of the other guys were really just engineering the records and, um, you know, the band was really in charge of, you know, could you give me a little bit more of this? Can you turn that yeah. down? This, that, the other, you know, I mean, really since, you know, since Best Wishes, uh, it's been that way, you know, those Age of Quarrel and Best Wishes were the only ones that had a quote unquote producer and that, that was Chris Williamson and, you know, he was fucking out of his mind and coked out of his fucking gourd, so... You know, all that shit affected the mix a little bit. So but, he challenged uh, you in different ways. <laughs> uh, I think really, uh, you know. Well, I mean, those records came off just because of, I think, you know, the, uh, you know, just the, the chemistry and the, the intensity of that moment, you know, um, and that, that time. But um, production-wise, I think they both left a, a little bit to be desired. But, you know, it's funny, though, because, like, Arthur, for instance, you know, he loved the production on Best Wishes. And, and when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, God, it sounds so fucking, like, 80s. And yeah. not, not really in a good way. Like, it's yeah. like, like that, that really big snare that just, like, over the top everything. It's like, it might as well be, like, a fucking rat production or some shit. <laughs> you know, but, um, but, you know, I mean, we've raised the, 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 the bar as far as... Uh, hardcore bands just going in and sounding like shit and putting it out, you know, at least like we, you know, we made people think, you know, we were like, people at least were like, okay, you know, we actually have to compete with real bands and, you know, real records and real production. And so, you know, as much as a lot of the quote unquote hardcore people may not have liked that album when it first came out, you know, within a year or two, they were all trying to replicate the fucking Sonics of it, you know, and they were all trying to, you know, half the New York bands all went to the studio we recorded it at and worked with the same engineer. So whatever shit they were talking was really just, you know, shit. You know, they were all, you know, they were all trying to follow our lead, you know, shortly after. So yeah. That's got to be funny when they said they're like, awesome. I don't know. I don't know if this is quite right. Hey, where, where did they do that at? Well, let's, let's get over <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, This is horrible. And then, like, you look around their next record, and it's like, recorded at Normandy with Tom Sawyer. Uh, okay, can you fucking suck it a little harder? You know? <laughs> uh, your, your writing process with the, with the music and, and everything, uh, you know, you kind of mentioned, you know, the early days and whatnot. Is it a lot? I, let's talk about recording first, because this whole album, I'm assuming, or this whole EP, uh, was was any of it done in the actual studio for 2020? Or was it? Yeah, I mean, me, me and the drummer were all, you know, we recorded everything together. And then actually the guitar tracks were done afterwards. So it was a little bit of a, you know, we did fudge it a little, you know what I'm saying? It yeah. wasn't everything in the room at the same time but you know what these days i don't think many albums are recorded with everybody in the room at the same time i mean even back in the old days a lot of times we would just you know do like do the leads and shit afterwards yeah. and just really constant a lot of times people will record with just whoever the main rhythm guitarist is the drummer and the bass player and then at build up afterwards i mean every, every record's been a slightly different process you know what it really all um it's all uh, circumstantial, you know. We we do whatever we have to do, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, you know that's life, man. You do what you got to do to make shit happen. Did you like it better this way as opposed to how how traditional recording was? You know, it's all fun, man. I, I I just love the creative process. I love being in the studio, you know. Period, you know. And sometimes it's fun to just, you know. I had a really good time with Gary, you know, because there were parts of the record where we just put on a click track and just jammed and just I just threw riffs at him I was like like literally the first record the first song on the new EP it's funny because um well you can't hear it in the mix because I took it out but like right at the beginning of it of the track you could hear me saying 
I just came up with this idea. Let's try it real quick. Ready? <laughs> you, know, it was like, you know, that was like literally like written then, you know, and, that cool. and that, that's part of why I think it came out, uh, you know, the intensities there. I mean, you can ask um, Arthur and, and Steve. I mean, some of the songs I literally, well, like that one, I wrote it right then and there. And then there was like two or three songs where I wrote the lyrics in the studio that day and executed them. So, you know, I'm never short of inspiration, man. Yeah. You know, people who take 20 years to put out a song or 20 years to put out a record or whatever, I'm, you know, it must not be going, not, uh, there must not be a lot going on yeah. <laughs> in their lives <laughs> or, or in their heads, you know, because I can literally, I mean, shit, I can sit down and write you a fucking song right now. I mean, you know, what do you want? You know, <laughs> you know it's really, for me, it's, you know, uh, writing music is like, you know, taking a shit or breathing. It's just something I fucking do. <laughs> it's not even something I have to try to do. It's just something that I do. You know, I don't get bored. You know, I don't fucking play PlayStation and watch football. I play my instrument when I'm sitting around my house. You know, that's what I do. So do you have, you have a tablet or something that you kind of continuously write yeah. on? Uh, to be honest, I'm such a fucking primate with this shit, man. I still record everything on my cell phone. Uh, <laughs> hey, whatever works. You know, I, uh, it's like I, I used to record shit on like a dictaphone or whatever, you know. Now I uh, just use my cell. And, um, and then literally I, I go into the studio and I just play all the shit off my cell phone to the guys and we just pick the stuff that we want to track. Okay, let's do this one. We map it out real quick and do it. And, um, I mean, I went into the studio this time with like 45 fucking ideas for songs. Wow. And, um, you know, we tracked almost all of them. Um, yeah. And then we, for the EP, you know, actually, we wa I wanted to do another album. I wanted to do a fucking full length. Did you? Yeah. But um, the label was like, no, 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 we can't do another full length. We just did a full length. Uh, we'll do an EP. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. So I just picked the songs that I thought made the the most well-rounded EP. And then I just put the rest of it on the shelf for the album. You know? yeah. And it's not like I think that any of the material was necessarily better or worse. I didn't pick like the six best songs. Cause I think they're all, you know, in the same. Yeah. They're well, equally good, you know, well, it's, and it's your songs. So, I mean, yeah. 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 so I just, I, noticed, I, go ahead. I, noticed, I, I was going to say, I noticed 2020 has a little bit of a darker, sense to it is that is that something oh, dude, like it's been a fucked up year man yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that something that we you can know, see in the other songs if you came off like you know fucking you know ballet in the singing in the rain type shit fuck you know yeah where have i been you know <laughs> yeah. no, i've been songs along the same lines i'm sorry are, are the other songs kind of along the same lines um uh, well they were all written around the same time you know yeah. i mean so, you know, I, I would say that this next album that I have a boatload of songs already tracked and arranged, I mean, they're not done. There's no lyrics on anything yet. There's, uh, you know, some of them I don't have uh, the guitar tracks completed and so on. But, I mean, I'm, I'm way into my next album. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I got to say, I think it's getting a little darker. Yeah. I think it's a little, um, this year has been fucked, man. It, it brought out some darkness, man. It brought yeah. out some gloom and doom, you know, and um, it, it's definitely a continuation. I mean, if you listen to In the Beginning, which I feel kind of summarized all the best aspects of what the Cro-Mags um, catalog is, you know, yeah. like I, it has elements of Age of Quarrel, it has elements of Best Wishes, elements of... Alpha Omega, all that shit. There's a revenge, you know. There's little flavors of that on in the beginning because I really wanted to just capture it. But and now this new 2020 EP, I feel is kind of the next stage of that. It's a little bit more progressive. And the album that I'm going to be completing for this next year, Oh, fuck, how, do, how would I put it? I mean, it's like, it borders on being, it borders on, like, vintage Chromags meets 
classic Sabbath yeah. meets okay. some jazzy type of elements. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, if, if you listen to old Sabbath, I mean, fuck, those records were so innovative. I mean, there was not one record that like really sounded the same and they did so much crazy jazzed out shit yeah. and just really bizarre shit that, you know, had heavy metal been a quote unquote genre at that time, a lot of those things, pe people would have been like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know what I'm no, like, no, seriously. There, there, there was no rules yet, so they they didn't have to stick by those rules that, that yeah. later became, um, you know, part of the, the genre. You know, so I try to follow that same principle of, you know, fuck the genre, fuck the rules, and let me just make music. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. I think that Doomy vibe is kind of what I'm getting on that 2020 single. So, yeah, it's it's got yeah, a good feel, the rest of it, man. Um, the rest of it's pretty. I'm happy with it. You know, I like I'm, it. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's gonna be good. I'm stoked to hear it. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of little like musical like interludes and just like weirdo shit between the songs and just you know like I you know me hanging my phone out of my window and recording samples <laughs> people freaking out in the streets and shit like that and just That's like cool. I really tried to uh you know bring the vibe of the year into yeah. it. And the fact that it's twenty minutes and twenty seconds long, you know Yeah. Just, That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I heard That's you guys really had cool. to add a couple things to kind of get well, that you know what? The funny shit is I didn't even, it was unintentional and I didn't know. And I was like listening to it in its entirety, like uh, when I was going over the mixes and I listened to it about three or four times. And then I looked at the time code uh, and I was like, oh shit, this thing is 20 minutes and how long? And then I was like, fuck. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm, I'm like literally counting the seconds and I'm like, and it got to 20, 16. And I was like, Fuck! It's like, oh, it's like, it's like, I mean, I was like shocked. I was actually because it was totally unintentional. So the fact that it like literally, you know, I'm like counting the seconds. I'm like, oh, fuck! It's gonna be fucking. Is it really? And then so, you know, so I just, you know, I just extended it with, and it wasn't even like I needed to extend it because I was planning on using those samples anyway. So like. I actually think I made a trimmed them a couple seconds yeah. to make it work, but um, yeah. you know, and the samples were just of like riot noises and like street sounds and just you know, shit, you know, ear candy, you know, That's just cool. noise. So yeah, it was meant to be, I guess, you know. That's really cool. <laughs> That's yeah, it's fucking funny. I mean, and shit, who the fuck ever heard of a twenty fucking minute EP? I mean, yeah. suck my dick. That's a fucking album. I mean, that shit's <laughs> longer. Than fucking, that shit is motherfucking longer than the Circle Jerks' first album. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I think it actually is. Oh, yeah. A lot of those albums in the in the yeah. early eighties and stuff's like every song's Dude, like a minute twenty. <laughs> you know, fuck. I remember in those old days, if your song was like, you know, two minutes long, it was like, well, shit is like, <laughs> like yeah. what is this, a fucking, you know, an epic, you know, a ballad? What is this shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Final Conflict is going to be doing a tour, and they're going to play their full album in entirety. Cool. What are we going to do for the other 45 <laughs> minutes? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. oh, for real. Those days. Uh, um... <laughs> No, I was even thinking, Nothing. Else. You know, you were talking about like the Black Sabbath feel and and other influences and stuff like that. Um, it, I kind of wanted to go back to the in the beginning album because I know when I listened to the final test, all I could focus on was Bad Brains. Was that uh, was that intentional? You know, it's funny uh, because several people have. Uh, have commented on that, and honestly, um, I mean, the music was a little bit Bad Brains inspired. You know, I mean, that's just in in me. You know, I grew up yeah. with them close, that it's really kind of hard to not have that in me. You know, and uh, but the thing is, people keep saying that the vocals remind them of of the Bad Brains. I'm like, really? Because that's not what I was. I, I thought the riff was more bad brainsy than than the vocals because I mean you know I mean I, I take that as as the highest compliment but you know I mean on my best day I couldn't sing like HR on his worst day so I mean I was that you know I'll take it 
Don't get me wrong. Thank you. You know, thank you. But, you know, I, I just, you know, I just did what the song kind of told me it wanted, you know, like I pretty much approached the music the way it inspires me. I mean, there's a song on this next EP that, um, you know, it definitely has more of a vocal like that song did. It doesn't sound like that song, but, it, you know, it's it's just I sang it a little bit more. You know what I mean? And it wasn't that I, I wrote the song and said, oh, I'm going to sing this song. It was just like when I listened to it, that's just what it told me. It was like, you cannot approach this song barking at me like a dog. It's not supposed to happen that way. So, yeah. you know, you you know, you got to follow your instincts. And, and the, this, the music kind of dictates what you need to do. Yeah, I like that. So when you write, you don't drive the direction of the song. You kind of let the song kind of tell you which way you want to yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's part of the part of my recording process. Like, I like to go in with a chunk of music written and arranged, and then I like to create a good amount of it on the spot because that way it feels more fresh. It yeah. feels more up. You know, one thing I've always found as a as a player is that like a lot of times you'll when you write the song, when you first come up with the riff, that's when it's fucking hot. And then by the time you've taught it to the band and practiced it, you know, fifty to hundred times, all of a yeah. sudden you start to lose some of those little I don't know if they're like mistakes or whatever. Like you start to you you just start to play it a different you start to play it the way you think it's supposed to be played instead yeah. of the way you played it when you just played it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like to, you know, I like to create half or close to half the album in the studio just so that it has that spontaneity. But I like to go in with half of it kind of pre-written so that it has that, um, for lack of a better word, you know, that, you know, metallicness to it, you know, that like very arranged, yeah. Very tight, yeah. very this is written. This is a song. These are five songs that are written. Boom. This is how they go. There's all these parts. And then that kind of sets the tempo and the pace for how the rest of the music comes out. Because you already have like an idea for a chunk of the album. And that kind of sets the tone. Yeah. And then from there, I do a lot of stupid shit. I just will like put on a click track and me and my drummer will just start ripping fucking riffs, you know, like, you know, a lot of the stuff that's on the last album and some of the stuff that's on this one, we're literally me and him just fucking ripping riffs at a click track. And then afterwards we listen to it and we're like, Oh, this is cool. This part's fucking great. This part's really cool. It's fucking just mushing together. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, I love recording, dude. You know, I'm happy that I have two labels behind me now because I can finally do this shit. You know, it's like for the last 20 fucking years, I've been sponsoring myself. And that's really, as, as, as anybody in the band knows, that's like not easy, man. You know, no. everybody's, you know, got lives, got kids, you know, rent, everything else. And then you still got to figure out how to afford to get into a studio and how to afford to get into a practice space. And it's, not, it's not, you know, being in a fucking band, it's... Uh, it's fucking miserable, man. <laughs> you know? People think, oh, yeah, rock. you're out there rocking out. I'm like, no, dude, I'm fucking like busting my ass to make this shit happen. And then I got to go get fucking trapped in a vehicle with a bunch of guys for fucking like months at a time. It's like that shit fucking gets rough, man. But I, I love to play and I love doing what I do. So Does that, does that get a, a little annoying when, you know, you, you meet people on the road or when you're talking to somebody about, you know, being in a band and they've got, <clears throat> excuse me, they've got this idea of it being all glamorized and it's, it's obviously not like that. It's probably, I mean, most music artists are probably some of the hardest working people with during the process, a thankless job until yeah. the yeah. finished product comes out. Does that get a little frustrating to kind of have those conversations? Uh, I got to add to that. The really thankless part is when you fucking put out records that like impact like lots and lots and lots of people and you know they sold fairly well and you're still sitting there going, 
How come I don't have any money? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the thankless part yeah. because everybody still fucking looks at you like you like you think you're hot shit or like you are the shit or whatever the fuck. And it's like, dude, you know, man, I'm fucking struggling just like fucking everybody else. I mean, yeah. you know, I could tell you, you know, fucking crazy shit about people that we all know, people you guys all know who were in bands that were fucking huge in the 80s, like big MTV bands, bands that were fucking killing it. And, you know, a lot of these guys are like, you know, from the 80s to the 90s and even early 2000s, they were doing well, but, like, they're hustling, man. Yeah. You know? I mean, life is fucking, life is hard, man. And and, and um, being an artist is fucking one of the hardest roads there is, man. Yep. You know, because there's no guarantee. You know, when you work a nine to five, you know, it may not be the most, may not always be the most gratifying thing. I mean, I got to say, some jobs are great. You know, I love teaching jujitsu and shit, yeah. but... But, um, you know, but at least you have a steady fucking, you know what you're getting at the end of the week, yeah. you know, and, and you only work so many hours and then you know the rest of the night's yours. You know, when I, when you run your own business, you don't ever fucking rest. Yeah. And, and not only that, when you run your own business, you're always paying out. You always got employees, you always got staff, you always got this, you always got that, and you got to fucking pay all these people whether or not you're making money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, for the record, you know, I got people who work for the band and shit, and I pay them, you know. This ain't just like some, hey, I'm in a hardcore band, you know. Like, yeah. I got fucking pe people who are, like, you know, working on my behalf and doing shit. So even when I'm not gigging and putting out records, I still got to pay these motherfuckers. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, you had mentioned about, you know, the kind of a process of, and, but let me, let me rephrase this. The band, the Cro-Mags, has kind of come in, gone out, come in, gone out. Now you're back. Um, it seems like with with in the beginning, 2020, everything that you've been doing, and when you did uh, you did the concert for uh, Doctor No, uh, it seems like in the past few years that this is probably I don't know the most complete that that the Cro-Mags have been, and it feels like they're kind of continuing on stronger now. Does that seem accurate? Uh, you know what? I I, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> um, I've always been active. I mean, I've even those twenty years that there were no new Chromags records, I put out a shitload of records and singles and EPs and stuff. So I mean, I stay busy. You know, the only reason there wasn't any, you know, I need to get into all the confusion, but like, you know. These guys were out playing as the band, but they didn't have the legal rights to do so, and and they weren't writing any new music, yeah. and there's now so much confusion, so much bullshit, and you know, the band has fucking been a revolving door lineup for a long fucking time, you know, um, and uh, if you look around, most fucking bands have at this yeah. point. You know, it's like, I don't really feel no different than anybody else, to be honest, at this point, you know? And um, I'm just happy that I really enjoy the company of the guys I'm playing with now. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, not to get into everything, but it's like, you know, the majority of the people that have been in this band have been real assholes. You know, I mean, it's just, that's just the fact, you know? And I'm playing with people that I really get along with and, um, you know, how long is this going to last? I don't fucking know. I mean, you know, life has its turns, you know, we're fucking, we're adults, you know, everybody has lives, everybody has responsibilities. I mean, last time we went on tour in Europe, Rocky couldn't make that tour. He couldn't, he had shit he was, had to be responsible for and had to do. So yeah. Joe Appy from Maximum Penalty and MOD, and he used to play with me in Harley's War, he came out and filled in for him. And, um, he did the coronavirus show with us. The online show was rocking yeah. in him. So, you know, you make the adjustments you have to make. And, um, you know, hey, man, I was fucking doing Chromags before the, the, the lineup that everybody remembers from Age of Quarrel. I, I was working on it fucking years before I even knew any of those guys. So for me, it's just really, you know, it's just my platform to do what I do. Chromax is the name I came up with, and this has been a vessel for me to play my music, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I noticed, I mean, obviously working with Rocky and uh, Gabby, um, I think 
obviously a lot more professionalism, you know, kind of goes into play now too, because they're, they're a little bit more, obviously they're experienced. They've been through some different bands, you know, suicidal mm-hmm. fishbone, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously that plays into it a lot. So, I mean, good for you, but like having the label and everything, um, you know, kind of gives you a little bit more stability too, to, to, yeah, keep, well that, to keep using thing. that vessel. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, great. That's the main thing because now I actually have people who are paying for me to get into <laughs> nothing. I have to like, finagle myself so i can tell you that there will be you know until i fucking kick the bucket there will be a lot of fucking chrome eggs records coming out because if i have my way i'll do at least a record or two every year because i like to yeah if they'll if they'll allow me to put out two fucking records a year i will do it man there's no shortage of, of ideas you know still got a lot to say Hey man, all you gotta do is fucking look around. You know, if you can't, if you can't fucking think of, of shit to write about, man, you must really be living in a fucking hole, because life is insane and there's so much shit going on in the world that you know if you're not inspired, you're just not an inspired person. the other side of the artwork of it uh videos you know i i watched between wars several times which obviously is instrumental but oh, i thought you, i thought you were gonna say the movie itself oh like, no 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 <laughs> no but i was looking at uh i was i mean the video itself the con the concept of it the intensity of it uh was that how you was that how you envisioned the song being brought to pictures in the first place um, you know, it was crazy. not even supposed to be. It was just the song that I was working on, and I, um, I got offered the part in this movie. And um, at some point during the production of the film, he asked me if I wanted to contribute to the soundtrack, and I had already recorded that song. And I was, I was like, I actually recorded a bunch of them already, but um, but that one um, stuck out in my head as something that would be great for a soundtrack. And um, so 
they allowed me to use footage from the film and then um you know we just went and shot some more and, and there was the video the guy was playing cello on it that was um that was actually me and him actually jamming in the subway and we just edited it into the video but um no it was not a it was unintentional man you know it's she just, you know, she happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously you were going to go on tour. You were going to do a tour with Body Count. Uh, instead, you basically... Well, we um, had a couple of shows with them. The tour was, we, we were going to be playing with a lot of different bands. It was, we had a tour and we had a few shows with Body Count. It wasn't an entire tour with them. I wish. Yeah. Well, then you kind of on a whim said, all right, let's do, I mean, basically you did the very first live stream quarantine. Well, was, was it live stream or did you? Oh, yeah, it was, it, was live. it was straight to, it went live on my Facebook Okay. <laughs> and then we posted the concert. So like we had, I have like several, I have like my, I hate the word fan, or, but there's my fan page because my other page only has so many people. You can only have yeah. five whatever the fuck so i had to make a separate page so anyway on the chrome Mags page and on my fan page and on my regular facebook page we played the shit live that was live uh and then we posted it afterwards on youtube and it's, it's so. still out there now isn't it oh yeah yeah that's why there's mistakes and shit it was live <laughs> it was, <laughs> you know and it was also a really weird situation you know it's like you're playing to no crowd um so every now and then it starts feeling you're at a rehearsal you know and uh i had to keep like reminding the guys like dude this is live like you know don't start like, don't start, like conversating and shit between songs you know scratching your ass picking your nose and bullshitting with the fucking you know so blah, 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 you know no, no, no fucking you know no smoke break or whatever the fuck. It's like, nah, we're fucking, this is a show, motherfuckers. It's, it was fun. It, I mean, it was fun to do. It was weird. But, um, you know, again, I think we changed the game because, you know, since then, a fucking million people have done that shit. And I think it's kind of become the norm. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure it probably will stay with us as we go back to live shows. I'm sure people will be streaming them while they're actually happening. Yeah. You know, and who the fuck wouldn't want to go to, you know, Hellfest or whatever without having to actually get on an airplane and fly to France. I mean, I, you know, what fan wouldn't want to sit at their house and have a few friends over and have a little party and watch all their favorite bands play? So, yeah. But you, yeah. Yourself, you yourself, you like being on stage, I'm assuming, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I just like to play. So, I mean, whether I'm in the rehearsal studio or the recording studio or whatever, I'm on my fucking couch. I mean, I just, I like to play, you know, that's what I do to relax. That's, you know. That's cool. Yeah. And of course I love playing with my friends, you know, and, and just like seeing what happens, you know. Yeah. What was it like? Um, you did, you did four shows with uh, opening up for the original Misfits. What, yeah, was that, that, what was that like at this point in your career? Oh, it was great, man. I mean, it would have been great at any point in my career, but, it, yeah. you know, at this point, it was, it was valid. After all these years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was great. You know, it's like, you know, you got to understand, man, I've known those guys since the 70s. Yeah. I've known them since I was a little kid. I've known them since, yeah, before I fucking, before puberty was even close. <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know, I mean, I've seen them play in front of, like, you know, less than a hundred people yeah so see them on stage in front of 30,000 people I mean I, I gotta tell you I was I, I was proud of them that's yeah like, I, I was like I was like fuck yeah man you fucking did it motherfucker yeah. you know I was like I was really you know it's weird to be proud of people that are like your elders and shit you know yeah. usually you're proud of your kids or you're proud of the younger whatever but I was really proud. I was proud of them. I was, I was, I was really, and I was honored that Glenn reached out to me himself and asked me if I wanted to play the shows. You know, that's cool. It's not every, it's not every day you, you know, you check your email and it's like, hey Harley, you want to open up for the OG Misfits? I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> 
Well, let me check my calendar. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I think my whole blocker and me fucking You know? That's awesome. Um, but um, it was great, man. I, and I got to say, you know, every fucking show was was great. You know, we did five shows total with them. The fr- funny thing is the first show with, I did with them, I hadn't actually gotten the name back legally. Well, I had, I let me correct that. I always owned the name. Yeah. But hadn't been revealed and I hadn't stripped the imposters of their, uh, of uh, their bullshit. There you go. The first gig I did with the Misfits was actually as Harley Flanagan Hardcore. Okay. And we and was going out as hardcore. We were like, fuck it, I play hardcore music, I'm going out as hardcore, fuck it. So the first show we did is we were called Hardcore. Okay. Gotcha. And the other four shows we did, we were called Chromax. Uh, yeah. Because um, after that first show, we got the settlement. And it was funny because we were actually not supposed to spill the beans. We had a we had a like a, a, a an agreement that we weren't Nobody was going to say anything till a certain date, mm-hmm. and well, Glenn outed us. <laughs> wow. Glenn put up a poster that was like Misfits, Chromex, blah blah blah. I was like, "Oh shit, Glenn! <laughs> hey man, you know Glenn said it so. Pow! You know? and if Glenn it, says it, it's bad. It's yeah, bad. you know. And like, <laughs> then you had like these assholes from different like we had like." Brooklyn Vegan or whatever the fuck was like, well, I guess the misfits have weighed in on who the real Cro-Mags are since John Joseph and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, uh, wrong. (laughs) And they had to like retract all this. So it's like, you know, I'm sorry, man. Everybody's so fucking busy with like, you know, fucking everybody's got a dick in their mouth. Like just fucking get over it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, straight up, man, you know, Everybody needs to fucking grow the fuck up. It's time to move on. Yeah. Big time, man. It's like if you can't fucking get along, fuck off. You know. Yeah. Uh. You know? I and for the record, man, I, I extended my hand to all those motherfuckers so many times over the years. You know, from Paris to John, you know, Doug, all of them. You know, and everybody's just got you know. I, to be honest, I can't fucking tell you what the fuck everybody's problems are. And I mean, I think everybody's just like, I don't know, man. I guess I just make these motherfuckers insecure, you know? Like, but that ain't my fault, you know? If you're insecure, man, you got work on you, you know? And, uh, you know, the way I look at it is like, you know, if you have the, the ability to make like thousands and thousands of people happy just by like, getting on stage with three other guys for fucking 45 minutes and you choose not to do that because you're just like a bitter, miserable motherfucker, then you know what? Fuck you. You don't deserve those fans. You know, like, I mean, you know, who hasn't gone to work with people that they may not necessarily love? Yeah. Who hasn't hasn't gone to work and and worked and been polite and been, you know, civil, you know, it's easy to be civil. You don't have to, Mm -hmm walk in there and be like, you fucking asshole. You know, you can fucking be like, hey, what's up, man? Let's do this, you know. All right, what's up? Boom. Do your gig. Fucking walk off. You know, and at this point, I just feel like, you know what, motherfuckers? I offered my hand to all y'all so many times. It's like, you know, how many times am I going to keep doing that? At this point, it's just like, you know, fuck you, man. Like, now you want in? Now that I'm, you know, now you want in? Now that I spent 200 fucking thousand dollars fucking doing the legal now that I'm opening up for the misfits and shit like that. Oh, now you want in. You didn't want in before when it required acting like a fucking adult. But now that there's a paycheck involved, everybody's like, you know, you know, I, I love the guys I'm playing with. You know, Gary's a fucking great guy, Rocky. And, you know, I've been playing with Joe Affy now for a long time. And, you know, they're all just, Hey man, I like to play, man. You're in a good spot. I'm in a good spot, man. You know, I could have buried the bullshit with John and Paris and all those assholes a fucking million years ago. But these guys, you know, they can't get past themselves. Either that or they can't get past me. You know, I'm sorry. Sorry. Sorry if I have that effect on you, man. You know, I'm just a little old me. Didn't mean to upset you. (laughs) 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 You can't handle me, boy. Hey, man. 
that's on you. Right. You know. But you're carrying that title. You're 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 setting the example. You got plenty of people looking at you, getting those fans in. Hey I mean, man, you we appreciate we appreciate you carrying it on. So yeah. you know, it's all about it's all about the love, man. That's what it's yeah. all about. You know, I love music. I love playing music, and when people appreciate it, you know, I feed off that energy. And like I said, you know, if people can't put whatever bullshit behind them just to like to to make thousands of people happy, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. You know, there's something wrong with you. And 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 I think my sincerity comes through at the end of the day. You know, you can say I'm an asshole. You can say whatever the fuck you want, but I'm real. I mean, I'm sincere. I am not a bullshitter. You know, and I can look at these guys sometimes. I you know their interviews and they look dead at the camera and start lying. Start talking shit. I'm just like, I'm like, dude, like, yeah, get over it, man. I mean, just fucking get over it, man. Isn't life hard enough, man? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't need to fucking talk about what I do all day long. I don't need to fucking brag. I, I, I do. You know? Yeah. If you're doing shit, you don't need to sit there and say, I'm the digital man. Go away. It's like, fuck, man. I'm busy. I don't know about y'all. I ain't never done walking tour in my life. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I got shit to do. Let me ask you something. You ever like a Christmas shirt? Yeah, I, I was, you know, was going to ask about something. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, where, do we, where do we get the Chrome Max? Oh, oh, motherfuckers. I assume <laughs> we can get that online, right? Yeah, yeah, go to the website. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I needed it. I need. I was looking at it, and I, all we could see was the top part, and I was like, yeah, I, gotta, yeah, I, I was going to ask at some point. That's yeah. awesome. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff's getting one for Christmas. Yeah, I'll be wearing it. Don't worry. Jeff's we got them in green. We got them in red. Last year, we had them in blue. That's awesome. Oh, man. Look. Let me ask you something, because, you know, we, we're talking about the present time and everything, but I, I kind of wanted to ask you, you know, I mean, uh, when you played for the Stimulators and started the Chromex, mm -hmm. we're talking like 12, 13 years old. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was a lot more in the moment that you were doing these things. Did you think that this is where you would be still doing this at this point? I... I most people who knew me in my youth didn't think I was going to make it past 18. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really think ahead, you know. I mean, I was thinking about this shit the other day. I mean, just some of the things I used to do when I was a kid, you know. And had I known I was going to live this long, I might have took a little better care of myself, you know. <laughs> I might have, yeah. you know, um, I mean, Christ, I don't know who, how many of y'all have read my book, but it's like, you know, I mean, I left home, I guess, around 14, 15, something like that for good. And, um, you know, I was already drinking a lot and taking a lot of acid and pills and, you know, drugging it up and shit. And, you know, I hitchhiked out to California and, you know, most people most humans hadn't even heard of crystal meth on, on this coast, but I was like shooting crystal meth when I was like 15 and shooting LSD and dropping liquid acid in my eyes and shit. And, you know, I'm really incredibly lucky to be alive. Yeah. You know, I have overdosed. I've been shot at, I've been, you know, stabbed. I, I you know, I, there was a lot of my um, youth that like, you know, I'd be walking around the street not knowing where I was going to sleep. Yeah. You know, you know, um, you're not even always my youth. I mean, in the nineties, I went through some rough shit. I kind of like fell off and like relapsed pretty hard. And, um, you know, when I think back to it now, it's just like, you know, just, uh, that loneliness and the desperation and the drugs and just, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know how I, I think I just managed to make it through all that shit because I'm just like uh, intense. Yeah. I, I, I won't go down no matter how, you know, I, I get knocked down seven times. I get up eight, you know? So, I mean, uh, I would never want 
any young person to have to go through any of the shit that I went through. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, I pray to God that my kids don't make the kind of decisions and stupid choices. You know, but um, you know, everybody's gonna, everybody's got to figure it out on their own. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because I mean, you've got you know, you got some kids now and everything. So, um, what do you tell? Do they know about your past, or do you kind of keep that uh, away? They know. I mean, they 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 know, and I mean, it's you know, my book is out, you know, and uh, you know, when me and their mother separated years back, it's like you know. Anybody who's been through that knows that the other fucking parents gonna talk most of the time. They're gonna talk nothing but shit, you know. So, so you know they know, but they also know that um, you know, they know I'm a fucking survivor, and they know more than anybody that you know I'm a fucking good person. I don't give a fuck, man. You know, I've done shit in my youth. I did a lot of fucked up, wrong shit, whatever, whatever. But you know, I've done more for more people than you know. Whatever, I don't need to talk about that shit. I don't need to fucking pat myself on the back. I know yeah. who I am. No, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, you obviously you're a giver. Um, you know, with doing yeah. the doing some of the charity things that you've done and whatnot. Um and I've I've taken care of fucking kids off the street that weren't mine. I've taken care of, you know, several kids over the years and I've um, you know, I've given a lot, you know. And uh I've been through a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the jujitsu background and everything. Do you find that that keeps you pretty well centered now? Yeah, man, that definitely um, got me uh, well grounded. Um, you know, it, it, it once you get down the road of jujitsu or probably any other type of martial art, you know, for a long enough time, it really it, it starts to the philosophy of the art itself starts to really kind of just uh, take over your, your, your thinking, you know, yeah. in a lot of ways, jujitsu is really the art of problem solving. You know, how do I get out of this situation? How do I deal with, you know, this, you know, and, um, when you learn how to apply that to your life, you know, yeah. and, uh, when you learn how to weather the storm and, um, you know, yeah, man, jujitsu, Hanzo Gracie, man, he's one of the one of the people that really was there for me when um, when a lot of people weren't, you know. And um, I credit him and I credit jujitsu to, to one of the things that has kept me going and kept yeah. me strong and alive and, and mentally together. Cool. Uh, more touring coming up as soon as we can open up. Is that kind of what you're hoping for? Yeah, man, we have a lot of stuff booked. I just posted a bunch of the dates on Facebook. Um, we are going to be busy as fuck next year. We are doing um, all the shows that got canceled this summer. We are we have rescheduled for uh, next summer. Uh, so all the festivals will be happening. We're going to be doing all of Europe. We're doing UK. We're going to Ireland, which Chromag's never done. Scotland. Uh, we're going to Japan. We're doing South America. I believe we got Australia. I mean, we're fucking, we've got pretty much the whole world booked except for America thus far. So, and we will be playing the States too, but, um, First thing we did was rescheduled everything that got canceled, and that was mostly European shows. So, and then we just we've been building on, on the dates. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I think every music fan has been saving up as much as they could all year long because next year is probably going to be the largest concert <laughs> year that will ever yeah. exist. For real, you know, providing everything works out. Yeah, you know, yeah. I know that. I'm going to be doing more shows next year than I have in any given 12 months yeah. in, in quite a long time. Yeah, and you guys, I mean, you obviously the Chromex, you guys toured a lot. I, I can't yeah. remember. I've seen you guys several times, and I can't even remember where. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we've done it. <laughs> I've done it. But um, yeah, this next year is gonna be busy, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, actually, we're gonna even 
take a break while we're over there. Uh, me and my wife rent a, a house in Italy by Lake Garda. So in the middle of our tour, we're going to have a nice little vacay. Ah, uh, there you go. And then the tour continues. So nice. I'm excited for your Ireland show because if you say you've never been there, I almost want to well, go out there just for it. So, I mean, I was there, but I haven't played in Ireland since motherfucking 1980. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I got a lot of over there who were like, what the fuck, Flanagan? <laughs> you know. What uh what tour is it that's gonna be in Ireland? Who you are you who's uh who are you touring with for that one? We're headlining, I think we're playing <laughs> bands and stuff like that. Oh cool. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Dublin's a fun little town. Yeah man, I'm looking forward to just getting back over there. I mean I I got some people over there that I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, it's be good. Because you lived in Europe when you were a kid, right? For a little while. Yeah, I did live in Europe for a while. Uh, from, uh, oh shit, I don't know, from like uh, the age of like four or five to like 10, 11, some shit like that. You know, I mean, I was there for, for a while. I, I speak Danish. I fucking went to school there and shit like that. And then I moved back to the Lower East Side into like fucking total madness. I mean, bro, you can't even imagine the, the, the culture shock of like coming from, you know, the land of Lego to like moving to the fucking Lower East Side of <laughs> New York City and back in the fucking seventies when like, you know, it, I mean, it was fucked up, man. Yeah, the neighborhoods were a lot different then. Man, I don't know what the fuck hit me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, did you? I mean, you, that's is that kind of how you found your music scene and everything? Kind of wasn't no, it? No, I was uh, I was in a punk band in Europe before I moved to, to okay. back. And I was I was always playing music. I've been I've been in bands and playing since on stage since I was like seven years old. And actually, the first money I ever made in my life was playing music on the street with kids from school, like you know drums and acoustic guitars and shit like that yeah. so, i mean i've literally my first money i ever made was playing music and that'll most likely be the last money i ever made <laughs> well you made you uh i remember reading you did a book you did some poetry when you were like what nine years old or something like that? when i was seven um it published hold on a second it published when i was it got published when I was nine, but I did it when I was seven. And it's not really poetry. It's actually stories and illustrations. Oh, no and um, Alan oh. Ginsberg did the introduction, which is why it was sort of a big deal. Um, he was a friend of my mom's and, you know, a friend of the family. I, I knew him most of my life. He's, you know, a pretty decent guy. I got along with him. Cool guy. And uh, he did the intro and this thing came out. And, um, yeah, you know, so actually I have two books out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to find a copy of that book. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That was on eBay for like a thousand bucks. Jeez. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, no shit, man. Fortunately, I have a few copies, so, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Matt? I, I, I don't know. I think, are you, uh, you good on time? I don't, I hear your phone going off. You got uh, actually, I have some shit I got to go do. And, okay. Um, we could wrap this up, but you know what? I hate to, uh, wrap things up just like abruptly like that. So why don't you, uh, do you have any last questions or anything that you wanted to ask before we wrap? Uh, I, I think we've gone over just about everything. Um, you know, and all I can say is thank you, uh, yeah. for, uh, you know, not only just for talking to us today, but I mean, for everything you've done throughout the years. Again, the music uh, is, you know, I I grew up on, you know, in the yeah, 80s yeah. with, you know, hardcore punk music. And, and I, I I have all of your stuff, you know, and even Harley's War. So, I mean, it's I appreciate yeah. all the contributions throughout the years. And I I love. I love that things are coming back out again. Like, you know, I mean, in the beginning, 2020, you got more stuff coming, which is really going to be fucking exciting to me. I'm pumped, bro. I'm, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm staying busy. I'm, I'm not stopping anytime soon. And, uh, and, you know, just so everybody, just everyone out there, I just want you to know that, you know, playing, it's really, it's one of the most important things for me, playing and, and, and sharing my music with all of you. And, and, 
you know, all the drama with the band that's gone on throughout the years and so on. I really have always, I, I have tried to, to, to do what I thought was right. And I've tried to pull those classic lineups together, whatever you want to call it. I, I really, because ultimately, you know, I mean, playing music makes me happy, but at the end of the day, I also want to, you know, I want to make the fans happy. You know, I, I mean, I do what I do to satisfy me first, but if I can make other people happy, I consider that, um, you know, that's a blessing, man, you know, yeah. to be able to, to take other people, uh, you know, out of their life for a minute, like, you know, whatever shit that's, you know, music has that power and, 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 you know, I'm grateful, you know, and to all the people out there who, you know, thank you for letting my music be a part of your, the soundtrack to your, your good times and, yeah. and your, your good times, you know, yeah. yeah, a lot of different releases. It could be fun. It could be a time to release some negative energy. Boy, it's everything, man. I yeah. love it. There's something about the music. But man, thank you so much. Uh, the 2020 will be out on Friday, which will be before yeah. this podcast comes out. But I can't wait to hear it. Uh, I, I know it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to hear the rest of the songs. I hope you get back out on the road as soon as possible yeah, and get out there. So well, I know we're going to be in Europe, and I know I think we start our European shit in June. Okay. So. Um, who knows? We may book some U.S. stuff before that, but man, next year is going to be busy. So um, I will see all of you out there, and and as any of you know who've come to our shows, I'm you know I'm very easy to approach. Feel free to bring your records and whatever you fucking want me to sign or whatever. You know, it's it's an honor, and oh, yeah. and I'm, I'm grateful, and I thank you all. All right. All right, guys, have a great day. Harley, thank right. you very much. Thank you. All right, man. You too, guys. Take care. Right. Take care.